Issues Etc. regular guest, Pastor Stephen Parks, on why your congregation should join the Issues Etc. 300. If I could, I'd just like to challenge any Lutheran pastors that are listening to consider becoming one of the congregations that supports Issues Etc. My own congregation is a very small church, and I know it can be difficult to try and budget $1,000 a year to become one of the Issues Etc. 300. But if you're being blessed by this, as I know you are, and if your congregation is being blessed by this, as I know that it is, I submit to bring it to the congregation to prayerfully consider supporting the outreach of Issues Etc., not only here in the United States, but also around the world. Thank you so much for what you do. Please consider adding the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. to your congregation's mission or advertising budget. Simply go to the support page of our website, issuesetc.org. We're looking for 300 congregations to donate $1,000 to Issues Etc. The Issues Etc. 300. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's Wednesday afternoon, April the 27th. This is just the reality, and you got to deal with the reality. Sometimes it's like pulling off the proverbial Band-Aid. Churches across the world, and especially in the United States, are hurting financially. We're going to spend some time, the next half hour of Issues Etc., talking about the uh, good and the bad and the ugly of the financial reality of my church body, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Earlier today, Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, joined us on the phone to talk about the financial realities in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. He's authored a column in the latest issue of the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Blessings, Gifts, and Challenges. I began our conversation earlier today asking him to outline the reality financially, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, okay. Um, it's a big question, I know. It's a huge question, and, and you know, when you start throwing uh, billions of dollars around, it starts to add up. I would say the good is that uh, people have given uh, significantly, and overall over the last couple of decades, and there's been a significant increase in designated gifting for specific things and missions and mercy, pastoral care, training, that kind of thing. So that, that's that been really good. We've got the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, which uh, with only 4% of the LCMS participating in this essentially bank, that it takes uh, invested dollars and uh, you get a less uh, significant return than you would on the public market generally, but uh, dollars are used to be loaned at low interest to uh, into, uh, to congregations building churches or schools or used internationally. It's a great thing. But only 4% of the LCMS participating, they manage $2 billion in investor assets. That is significant. Concordia Plan Services manages another roughly $3 billion in retirement and disability assets. And we have uh, a situation that is far better than most other Protestant churches because we have a continual flow of younger teachers, especially teachers, but teachers and pastors, who come into the system keeping the uh, the uh, overall insurance rates much lower than they would be for other denominations which have significantly aging clergy. Um, Concordia Publishing House has about $30 million in the bank, and that is due to excellent management and, in some large measure, to wonderful products, especially the new hymnal, LSB, which was a smash success. 
I don't know, I think it's gotten like an 80 or 85% saturation rate in the church already. So that's that's fantastic. Um, and I think uh, LCMS World Relief is in excellent financial shape with uh, a 30-day reserve uh, of extra funds so you can have the flexibility you need to uh, to meet challenges as they come and needs as they arise. So those are all good things, a lot of great stuff. That's the financially the good, Matt. Um, yeah. What's the bad when it comes to the financial realities in the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate today? How would you break it down in its, in its simple, stark truth? Well, here's the deal. Of the synods this year, say, let's just say $80 million budget. Actually, it's going to be significantly less than that. But roughly um, three-fourths of that is designated for specific things like missions, like um, human care projects, specific gifts toward, say, joint seminary fund, those people like to give, and that's that's part of kind of our generation. There's a there's an intense kind of um, interest in hands-on giving. There's, of course, with the boomers, there's been a decline, a steady decline in the trust of institutions to do what they need to do with dollars. So you've got designated giving, and uh, the dollars that it takes kind of to run the plumbing, to keep the administration pay the insurance, the fixed costs, legal costs. It cost the Missouri Synod about a half million dollars a year for legal costs, and um, it's, it's money well spent. It helps keep us out of all kinds of difficulties. Um, there are fixed insurance costs for $500,000 for insurance policies that cover um, assets all over the place. Those fixed costs of doing business, banking costs, uh, those fixed costs of doing business cannot be paid except by unrestricted dollars. That is money that comes from your pocket to the plate, and then that percentage which your church decides to send on to the district, and then the district has to decide to send on a percentage to the Senate. And the money that gets sent on is a shrinking pot. It is at $16 million this year, uh, just 10 years ago, it was at $28 million. So uh, the dollars that it takes to keep the lights on and run the, run the uh, place are... And a lot of people out there think, I hear it all the time, this is a bloated bureaucracy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's really not. Um, we've uh, eliminated about... Uh, almost 50 positions at this point since I came in. That's a, a very significant reduction. And uh, there are good people working here. It's been very painful for uh, this institution to go through this. But uh, we have to live within our means. And the ugly here, Matt, I think we need to talk about the fact that uh, we, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has been funding operations but it hasn't been doing it from, as you say, the dollars in the plate. It's been finding other means of doing that that simply are unworkable in the long term. What are those, Matt? Well, one thing that is really not healthy, I don't believe, it's totally legal, but it's not, uh, it's not healthy, and that is we are currently borrowed against restricted monies. 
some $11.1 million. That means uh, it's good in this sense. We're not borrowing money from a bank or LCEF and paying interest on it. This is internal borrowing. But these are dollars that are given for all kinds of other purposes. And what, what people need to hear is the designation is always honored. But people will give designated money, uh, which is expended over time. And so the Treasurer Synod always makes sure that when the program boards, or former boards, but when the programs are ready to expend money for a designated purpose, that money is always, always there. But until it's used for that purpose, that money is used to fund operations. And it's just uh, it's not healthy, and I feel ultimately that the Lord will not bless that kind of, uh, that kind of operation. How do you address what I call kind of the generational barrier here? And that is a generation of Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod parishioners, and congregations that in the past would have been willing to kind of give to the general fund no specification, no designation or restrictions at all. That generation, uh, maybe the World War II generation, is mm-hmm. is passing on. They were more brand loyal, to put it in kind of crass terms. But the, this next generation wants to give to specific things and is not as comfortable giving to the logo, so to speak, or simply to the brand. They want to specify where those funds go. God bless them for it. But how yeah. do you deal with that generational barrier, man? Well, there's an upside to this. There, those donors, and I've been dealing with this reality for a decade from the perspective of LCMS World Relief. Um, the donor that wants to be sort of hands-on, especially a major donor that wants to be hands-on in a designated area, likes to go see what the dollars are doing, that kind of interest increases accountability. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's a challenge sometimes, sometimes um, what it takes to cart donors around or, um, you know, uh, keep the communication going is itself expensive and it doesn't happen for free. But uh, you do increase accountability. I think basically, and, and I don't know, this is one reason we put out this special issue of the Lutheran Witness. I think it's going to drop like a bit of a bomb. I hope it does. But I think... Uh, a couple of things will help. Uh, number one, we have to really resolve or work toward resolving the theological dissensus which exists in the church. And that causes a lot of congregations, depending on who's leading their district or what direction it's going or who's leading the synod, it causes it, it has caused congregations to say, we're going to shut off the money here or there. Uh, that means... Uh, St. Paul calls the collection a koinonia, which is extraordinary. That's the word we're using for life together in this witness, mercy, life together. That means this. whenever there's a financial challenge in the Church, it is, in my view, a koinonia problem. And uh, so it, it's going to be very important for us to deal, and this is going to be long-term, to deal with our the financial dissensus and challenges that we face. And I'm optimistic, though it's going to be difficult work. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate, author of a column in the latest issue of the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Blessings, Gifts, and Challenges, talking with him on this Wednesday afternoon, April the 27th. 
about the financial realities, the financial picture in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There's no doubt about it that these challenges have a theological root. Where there is theological dissension, to use President Harrison's term there, then there will also be financial problems. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that uh, solving all our theological problems will necessarily solve our financial problems, and we certainly don't address our theological problems because of the financial benefit, but the two most certainly do go together. We'll hear more from President Matt Harrison of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod after this. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes, dedicated customer service, and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House, listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. The 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation is fast approaching. We have such a rich history as Lutherans, and many people don't realize that. The CLCC offers a seminar called Your Reformation Walk that teaches that rich heritage and helps you appreciate it. The CLCC also offers other seminars designed to help laity learn to appreciate what Lutherans believe, teach, and confess. So invite us to your church. Visit the CLCC.org and get details on scheduling a seminar for your church today. Educating a new generation of Lutherans. You're listening to Issues Etc. We've got nothing against bumper stickers, just bumper sticker theology. And we'd like to send you an Issues Etc. bumper sticker. You'll find the Issues Etc. logo, slogan, and website address. Simply send your request to Lutheran Public Radio, Box 912, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Please include a self-addressed stamped envelope Good Theology doesn't fit on a bumper sticker, but you can tell people where to find Good Theology, the Issues Etc. bumper or window sticker. No gimmicks, no shticks, just straightforward preaching and teaching in accord with Scripture and the Lutheran Confessions. Buy the book Liturgy right from the hymnal. No glitz, just Christ crucified for sinners like us. We're Grace Lutheran Church in Racine, Wisconsin. Come receive God's gifts with us. Find out more about us at Grace Lutheran Racine, that's all one word, dot net. And like you, we're proud supporters of Issues Etc. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. It's Wednesday afternoon, April the 27th. We're listening to a conversation I had earlier today with Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, about the financial realities facing the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Our issues, etc., a book of the month for April is called The Lutheran Difference. I mentioned before the break, as uh, Pastor Harrison had also mentioned, that many of the problems we face financially have at their root a real, he calls it a koinonia problem, that is, Differences in what we believe, teach, and confess. Now, the Lutheran difference is primarily that you can actually put your finger on what it is Lutherans ought to believe, 
teach and confess. And this book, The Lutheran Difference, An Explanation and Comparison of Christian Beliefs, lays out the distinctive theological attributes of this now almost 500-year-old movement of Reformation in the Church. The Lutheran Difference is available from Concordia Publishing House. Give them a call and order yourself a copy, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040, or you can browse before you buy right there at our website, issuesetc.org. It's called The Lutheran Difference, An Explanation and Comparison of Christian Beliefs. It's the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for April. Our conversation, recorded earlier today with Pastor Matt Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, continued. He laid out another way that we can deal with what I call the generational, uh, the generational boundary or the generational gap barrier when it comes to supporting a national church body. I think secondarily, you've got to be transparent. We've just got to lay out the realities, financial realities for the church, period. Uh, you know, the, the, the days of, of not doing so or sugarcoating, or it, it, it is the information age. And what people today, especially those younger than the boomers, they can smell a rat a mile away and they smell authenticity, they know if they're being fed a line or not. We've got to be absolutely transparent with what is happening with the funds and the challenges, and uh, good, the bad, the ugly. And that's what my goal has been with this issue of the Lutheran Witness, just to let people know. So I think people that are informed can then become a part of the solution. And then uh, I think looking at the entire issue from a theological perspective. Uh, we are in this thing together. Uh, I always detested stewardship studies and stewardship teaching, etc., probably unfairly so, because they were all sort of geared toward the uh, sanctified individual and had all kind of principles and that kind of stuff's all true. And, and Lord knows I need to grow in my stewardship. One thing that the New Testament does wonderfully is place stewardship in the context of a church and its corporate life, a life together um, that 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 especially gives money for mercy and those kind of things, but also for uh, witness and life together. There's a lot of stuff we do that people have no idea, no idea about, whether, you know, a colloquy program. How, here, we uh, the first vice president is very active... People from other denominations, ordained clergy from other denominations, apply for entrance, and it's kind of a, it's a uh, rigorous examination and process to get in. Often, but what do you do with with uh, an ELCA pastor who just cannot, in his conscience, live anymore in that context? It, it is a ministry of mercy to provide the service for those those people, and how do you pay for it? It has to come from these unrestricted, undesignated dollars. How do you pay for the work of a commission on theology where you have to hash through theological issues? Um, that's where our challenge is. How would you respond to someone who says, and I know you've read a lot of your predecessors. I think you've spent the better part of your first months in, in office thinking, trying to think in their footsteps and uh, live in their shoes a little bit, and you're getting a taste of it. The very few do, have had in the history of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. 
How do you respond to someone who says, it's never been this bad before? Oh, well, it has been. It's kind of, it, it's actually a bit humorous, and I always try not to take myself too terribly seriously. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you, if you, uh, I, sometimes I joke, I shouldn't say this, but I joke when I give my wife a kiss in the morning, uh, well, uh, me and Jesus are off to save the synod. And of course she says, you're a fool. And, and I say it just so she can tell me I'm a fool. And I know, I know what I do is nothing. Christ is everything. But so we need to keep ourselves in perspective. I was reading John Bankins. He was president of the Missouri Senate from 1930, what, 35 to 1962, the year I was born. They, uh, they said, we, Rome has their popes, but Missouri has John the Everlasting. And he wrote a wonderful autobiography, this I recall, and there are numerous places in there where he says, well, we the Synod was uh, such and such in debt. We took up a special collection, had a special campaign to eliminate the debt, but by the time we collected the money to eliminate the debt, we were in debt again. And so this is a, this is a recurring theme. Um, I just believe that a responsible nonprofit cannot operate without a reserve. Right now, we have no we have no available funding to assist a Concordia in trouble or a, a university. We have we have virtually no money to take care of significant opportunities. It's uh, and we can't operate this way. Uh, no responsible nonprofit can operate this way, and we're operating this way. Uh, I mean, people have gone gray over these issues and wrestled with them and made the best possible decisions they could make at the time. And uh, I'm sure when I'm done with this thing, people will make uh, comments about decisions we've made, and there will be plenty to criticize. I just believe it, it finally is time for us to change the way we do business. And that means not spending every cent you get in and then some. Matt, with only about 30 seconds here, our time is short. What's your prayer for the financial future of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate? About 30 seconds here, Matt. Well, fantastic section of St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and he said, God is the one who provides all things so that always in everything we have uh, enough to take care of every good work for Second Corinthians 9. And the Lord provides, the Lord provides, and we are wealthier than ever. Uh, this downtime, I went through many of these with World Relief, the downtimes, you, you cut back, you, you refocus, you uh, pull the best people you've got around you, and you stick your nose to the future. And that's what we're going to do, and the Lord is blessing right in the middle of the cross. God help us. Pastor Matt Harrison is president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, author of a column in the latest issue of the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Blessings, Gifts, and Challenges. You can read this column under the Listen On Demand page at issuesetc.org. Matt, thanks for your time and keep up the good work. Hey, take care, Todd. You too. 
Tomorrow on Issues Etc., we're going to be having our pastor's roundtable as usual. We'll turn to John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, John's account of Jesus appearing to his disciples after his resurrection. Pastors Kirk Clayton and Ben Ball will be our guests for our pastor's roundtable tomorrow on Issues Etc. That's Thursday. Also Thursday, Dr. Jim Vels of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis will join us to talk about the resurrection according to Mark's Gospel, which is both textually and in some ways theologically a bit of a difficulty. We'll see what he has to say about the long, the short, the medium ending of Mark's Gospel and how it bears upon the message of the resurrection in this Easter season. That's tomorrow on Issues Etc. with Dr. Jim Veltz of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. When we come back, Hour 2 of Issues Etc. on this Wednesday afternoon is devoted entirely to the first Easter. We'll be calling upon the expertise of Dr. Paul Meyer, Professor of Ancient History at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. For 50 years he has been in the classroom teaching ancient history, and for 50 years he has been studying the texts of the New Testament, and he is going to bring that expertise to us as we talk about some of the problems, the questions that people often have about that very first Easter. That's Hour 2 of Issues, etc., live this Wednesday afternoon, April the 27th. What we face, uh, we don't we don't dare even speak just about one church body. What we face as the body of Christ are two challenges, and they do go together. One is to say that the first thing we always concern ourselves with is our theological well-being. That is, gathered around God's Word and His sacraments, are we making these things and what they proclaim to us, Christ and Him crucified, our main focus? Are we hearing His Word when He preaches to us the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus Christ? Are we receiving those gifts of God's grace? Those are the things that make us one body. The preaching of Christ and Christ's sacraments of mercy and forgiveness. Those are the things that unite us together. And then the work begins together, again, to support the preaching of that word and the administration of that sacraments and all of the other things that Christians can do together in the world. And that is hard work. That's difficult work. It won't always get paid for. It won't always come out the way we want it to. But that message of comfort from St. Paul and right there through the lips of Pastor Matt Harrison It is God who provides all of this, the forgiveness in Jesus Christ, the unity around his word and sacraments, and the wherewithal to get all that work done. I'm Todd Wilkin, Hour 2 of Issues, etc., in seven minutes. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues, etc. Issues, etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address... Lutheran Public Radio, P.O. Box 912, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 912, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.